You're on EducateForLife.com radio with Kevin Conover. And if you listen long enough, your faith will become... I'm tired of being conned. Don't worry, the con is over, see? We're now at DEFCON 1. Did you say carnivore or carnivore? have a conversation with Kevin? Then call 800-243-9719. And now, here's your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your time, bring your shame, bring your DSM stands for Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders. It's a publication of the American Psychiatric Association, and it's kind of the Bible of psychiatry. I came up with a definition in 1973 that made it possible to argue that homosexuality was not a mental disorder. I mean, the gay activists have taken the viewpoint that from a political strategic point of view, they do better if they can convince society at large that once you're homosexual, you can never change. And I can appreciate that that helps them politically, and I'm sympathetic towards their political goals, but I think it's just not true. Okay, that was a statement made by Dr. Robert Spitzer in 2004. He passed away uh, not too long ago in December 2015. He's a psychiatrist, or he was a psychiatrist and professor of psychiatry at Columbia University in New York City. And he was instrumental in getting the... uh, the mental disorder or what was called a mental disorder at the time, homosexuality, he was instrumental in getting that out of the DSM. Um, and so that's what psychologists use in order to diagnose, uh, you know, bipolar or depression or whatever it might be. Um, and that was in 1973. In 2001, though, he published a study demonstrating that homosexuals could change to heterosexual. He had about 200 people who had claimed that they had uh, change their sexual uh, orientation, their desires from he- uh, homosexual to heterosexual. And his conclusion was, hey, this this is what uh, it's possible that somebody can change. It may be difficult, but it's possible. Now, he got uh, incredible pressure um, from the homosexual lobby. And he, he even he, he said he got death threats and all kinds of just really, really people that were very angry about this. And he actually backed off of his study in 2012 before he passed away, and he asked that it be um, retracted, but the, the, the people who published it in their journal uh, would, would not retract the study. And uh, so this is a big issue, and I have a guest today to help answer this question of whether uh, a homosexual orientation can be switched, and uh, what part does Jesus Christ play in that? Um, to a heterosexual orientation. And my guest today is Patty Height. She's in studio with me all the way from New Jersey, which is kind of exciting to me because I'm from New Jersey also. Patty, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you so much, Kevin, for having me. It's a blessing. Uh, very exciting. And you're actually speaking here in San Diego at um, a Church Rising Christian Fellowship. I am. I'm speaking at both Sunday services in the morning tomorrow, which would be at 8.30 and, and 11 a.m. And then also at 6 p.m., there's a, a full seminar, which is is a blessing because I I have a lot to say. And sometimes a, a Sunday morning service uh, just doesn't, 
equip us with enough time. Absolutely. Uh, it's such a huge issue in our culture, all in our churches, in our schools, uh, in the colleges, in politics. Uh, it's constantly coming up. And so um, it's a, a huge blessing to have you on the air with us uh, here. And Patty is with Out of Egypt Ministries. Her website's outofegyptministries.org. And I love the the verse on your website, Leviticus 2613. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. Um, why did you choose that verse to put kind of as the the front of your website there? Kevin, I didn't even realize that I was living in bondage when I was living homosexually. I thought I was actually living in freedom. I felt free when I first came out to everyone. Yeah. And then as I was living in the lifestyle for years and having tons of one night stands and some short term relationships, I still found that I was empty. Yeah. And I thought that emptiness was because I didn't hadn't met the woman of my dreams that I wanted to live the rest of my life with. And then I met her and we we hit it off right away. Both of us knew right from the get go that this was going to be it. We were going to spend the rest of our lives together. And then as we grew our life together, we wanted something spiritual in our life because that's normal. Just because I was was gay didn't mean that I was an atheist. Yeah. I wanted to know who God was. Yeah. That's inherent to all people. I mean, everybody has, uh, you know, like the, the four spiritual laws track a long time ago. You say everybody has a hole in their heart. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just didn't know. I mean, I thought maybe God was an alien. I thought God may have been the earth man, woman. I had no idea. But what we did know is that we didn't want to look to the Christians, therefore Christianity, to find out who God was, because the only thing we knew about Christians was the signs that we saw up at at gay pride parades that would, you know, say horrible, nasty things and actually make us believe that God hated us. Yeah. So we didn't look to Christianity, but then God met me miraculously in my bedroom when I was laying in my bed next to my girlfriend. And uh, we progressed from there by just simply getting on our knees and asking God, if you're real, will you show us? And if the way we're living is wrong, show us. Yeah. And we thought, okay, we should find a Bible, went up into the attic, dug one out of a box, found the Bible, had no idea where to turn in a Bible. And it opened up to Leviticus. We didn't know what Leviticus meant, but it opened up. Our eyes fell on a verse, which happened to be in chapter 18 and on verse 22, which said, man shall not lie with man as he does with a woman. It is an abomination. And, and that so was, that was straight out of the blue. You just opened up the Bible and that- out of the blue. I had I didn't know what a commentary was or a concordance in the back of the Bible. Yeah. I, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. Yeah. And so we knew something had happened. But we didn't know what it was. And I mean, then, that's huge. That's an, that right there is enough to make you go, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Somebody's somebody's yep. involved here. This Absolutely. is no coincidence. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we eventually went to a church and in church is I went in and I heard worship music for the first time in my life. I had no idea what worship music was. I thought I was going to walk in and see some like Bart Simpson mom type looking big bouffant hairdo lady sitting behind a pipe organ and <laughs> singing these old hymns. But I didn't. I went in and it was contemporary worship, yeah. you know, drums, guitars and everything else. And then they started singing and they had a, a screen that put up the words. And I looked at this screen and these words were talking about God's holiness, his righteousness and his love for me. And that ripped my heart wide open. Wow. And that's when I was able to receive the truth of God's word when when the pastor opened and, and gave a message out of the Bible. Yeah. And so I started searching the Bible and found it to be true. Every answer, I'd, every question that I'd ever had 
I found was being answered in God's word. And that's when he showed me that he had taken me out of Egypt and brought me into, which represents bondage, yeah. and brought me into to the promised land, which represents freedom. Now, that's incredible. I, I mean, there's there's so much there. And I, uh, for those of you who are listening, uh, it's so significant here because uh, this issue has so many questions around it. Um, you know, people will say, I felt this way from the time I was born. Um, this is This has got to be normal. Um, you have people that want to change. I was telling you before, before the program started that I was actually a property manager. My wife and I were property managers in, uh, uh, area where there's a, a large amount of uh, homosexual population, the demographics. And we, about 50% of the people in the complex were homosexual. And there was a guy who I would always offer to pray for people whenever they turned in the rent. And I, I asked him, is there anything I can pray for you for? And he uh, said, yeah, there is. He said, um, I'm getting married. Now, I knew he was homosexual because he had told me he was. And I, at the time, homosexual marriage was not legal in California. And I, I said, you're getting married. H- how's that? And he said, well, I'm marrying a woman. And this really threw me off because I was thinking to myself, wait a second. Didn't you tell me that you were homosexual? And I said, but I thought you were homosexual. He said, I am. He said, but I don't want to be homosexual. He said, so I'm going to marry a woman because I want to change. And um, I, I was, this really threw me off. Cause at, at that time I did not know much about this issue at all. And yet here's a he, he guy saying, I don't want to be homosexual. And yet if, if it's possible to change, if God didn't quote, make me that way, then why is it so difficult for some people to change? And why is your testimony different in the sense that some people will say, I tried and tried and tried to change, but I couldn't change. And I'm I'm really excited to hear what you have to share with it, with that and the hope that you have to offer people and encourage people with. And my guest today is Patty Height, and she is um, traveling all over the place, speaking, uh, giving people hope that they can um, experience God's love, experience God's grace, and ultimately um, that they don't have to be determined or defined by their sexuality, uh, but that they can be defined. Uh, by the relationship with Christ. Is that correct? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a lot to say okay, about that. That's um, so great. I too thought I was born gay. Yeah. I actually thought that I was born in the wrong gender. Mm. I My gender identity issues I found after I came to the Lord went much deeper wow. than my same sex attractions. Okay. And well, so we're going to be right back. We're, we're coming up on a break here. Uh, uh, I know uh, if you're listening, it's very exciting to hear what Patty's going to have to say. So stay with us and we will be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Desiree Burgess and her team at HeartsandPearls.com are proud sponsors of Educate for Life. From her roots at San Diego Christian College, Desiree's goal is for women to feel beautiful. Discover HeartsandPearls.com. You'll find a custom handmade fashion forward accessory line for the modern woman, child, and baby. 
Hear Desiree's story now at heartsandpearls.com, where the opposite of fear is faith. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Main and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. You cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website is educateforlife.org. If you'd like to get a copy of this uh, radio program, if you didn't get to hear the whole thing, um, you can download it off my website. You can podcast it. It's also on YouTube. So you can actually see us here in, in studio, our smiling faces. Um, you can see what two people look like from New Jersey. We're both <laughs> from New Jersey. And, uh, and just in case you didn't know, just some quick facts here about New Jersey, exciting facts here. Um, you can't turn left in New Jersey, right, Patty? Not on, on the highways. In the little small towns you can, but yeah. it, there's a lot of highways in New Jersey, so it can be a little frustrating so, not being able to turn left. <laughs> if you're somewhere where you can make U-turns, be happy. Um, uh, also all of the, I didn't know this, but all of the streets in Monopoly are actually named after, uh, streets in, or, or yeah, streets in Atlantic city. Really? I yeah. didn't know that either. Hey, that's, that's, that's significant right there. So Atlantic city has the Monopoly on names. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that was corny, but <laughs> yeah, I get that from my dad. <laughs> that was good. I liked it. Um, so Patty, let's pick up where we left off. Okay. We'll get, get more serious here. So we were talking about how. You said you you thought you were born into the wrong body, essentially, when you were born and that you were born that way. Can you can you uh, expand on that? I I was born in 1966. Mm -hmm. So back then you didn't have play dates. You didn't jump in the car and go someplace. You played with your neighborhood kids. Yeah. And I grew up in a neighborhood of all boys and me, which was fine for me because I thought I was one of those boys, not in a tomboy kind of way. I literally thought I was a boy. I could feel boy parts on me um, in my imagination, I guess you could say. Wow. And when I, I, I excelled at sports, I did everything they did. I didn't even wear a shirt until I was about 10 or 11 years old. Always had a, some of them thought you were a boy, too. I, yeah, yeah. They, they did. I mean, my best friends were boys. Yeah. And when they would say, hey, you know, can Patty come over and spend the night? And, you know, our parents would say, no, we couldn't wrap our mind around why I couldn't yeah, what's going spend on the here? night. <laughs> but um, so it was as I got a little bit older, you know, six, seven, eight years old, I recognized my body wasn't like theirs. And it it confused me, but it also made me very angry. I would have fits of rage mm. because I felt like I was stuck in the wrong body. Wow. And then I had um, 
a skewed view of of gender because of different things I saw in my home, the way my parents related to each other. Mm-hmm. My father verbally abused my mother, called her crazy and stupid and worthless. And so she was my only um, identity of what it meant to be feminine or to be a female. Yeah. And so I did not want to be like I'm, my mom because I thought that meant I would be just like her, worthless and stupid and crazy because you believe what you hear your parents say. So I believed my dad at his word. Mm. My mom didn't, in my perception, my mom didn't trust my dad. Nothing he did seemed to be right. So now my perception was men couldn't be trusted. And then I was sexually abused um, at the hand of a man. So what I thought, because my mind needed to go someplace to make sense with all of this. Sure, sure. So what I... Stability or security. Something. Yeah. Something to make sense of it. Yeah. So because I was so little, the only place I knew where to go to make sense of this was... I thought only little girls got sexually molested. So if I become more and more boy-like, which I feel like I am one already, mm-hmm. then maybe I won't, this won't continue to happen like it was. I see what you're saying. And so that's where I went. And now then, is this, is this for those people out there listening who are thinking about, you know, maybe a relative who uh, is homosexual or something like this, is this a pretty standard or is your situation very unique or how does that work? Do you, you know, my situation is not necessarily unique. Yeah. There have been studies and Polk from restored hope network has mm-hmm. done a study um, where through her study, she has found where 80 something, I don't want to get numbers wrong, but it's 80 something percent sure. of women that were interviewed that identify as lesbian were sexually molested. Okay. Other studies have shown Men that identify as gay, the number is in the 70 something percentile of sexual molestation somewhere in their in their childhood. However, that doesn't mean that everyone that identifies as transgender or gay has had something traumatic like that. Happen it's not in a requirement life. in order for that. It to absolutely isn't. Yeah. You know what? Deception runs rampant everywhere. And just as sure as there is a God. There is an enemy of our soul. Hmm. And whether you're saved or not saved, gay or straight, we are all created in the image and likeness of God. Hmm. Therefore, Satan hates us. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was a little girl, it's not like like the, the devil looked at me and said, oh, look at this cute little girl yeah. running around thinking she's a boy. I'm, I'm just going to leave her alone. No, yeah. his, he was drooling, man, know, knowing that I was a prime target for him to attack with deception. Absolutely. And that's, that was on my website. You'll see that I, I, I say from the depths of deception to the triumphs of truth, because that's really what, where I was for the first 36 years of my life. I was living in deception oh. and then God showed me the truth. And that's why it's so important to study the Bible is because it is truth, right? God's word is truth. And that helps us to align properly with reality so that we can live uh, with that peace that surpasses understanding. And John ten ten and Christ says, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, but you can't experience that life if we're living by lies. We have to have our minds renewed and transformed. And it's so important that we're in God's word. But I, I want to continue to talk about this because um, I, I was looking at your testimony and I, I noticed that you said that um, when you begin to um, when you begin to live according to God's standards uh, in faith, God will begin to move in your life. Um, can you explain that a little bit that, that what you're saying there, you know, when you're obedient to God, so obedience is before, before answers. Is that what you're saying? Well, 
I was the epitome of disobedience before I got saved, but I truly believe God gave me the desire to be obedient, the strength to be obedient. And then when I was, he overwhelmed me with his blessings. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verses one and two talks about that. It talks about if you listen to God's voice and obey his commands, that he will set you high above the nations and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you've listened to the voice of the Lord, your God. And that was happening to me. And some of the things that the Lord was calling me to do were were very hard. I mean, yeah. you can you know listen to bits and pieces of my testimony and it, it might sound like a walk in the park. It, it, it wasn't. It was not easy for me to walk away from everything that had been my comfort zone. Yeah. Everything that had been the essence of who I was. Yeah. But my desire for God and his love for me superseded that. And it was more overwhelming than anything I walked away from. But so when I, when he would show me, I see, I came to the Lord asking him questions. And my biggest first question was, okay, God, if you're telling me that I wasn't born gay, yeah, then why, why does it feel so normal? Why does it feel so natural? And I'm, I'm sure that is one of the most common questions. Absolutely. And a lot of people I've found that identify as gay yeah. and Christian or simply have same sex attraction, which I shouldn't say simply because it's not a simple thing. Yeah. But they, they've said that they've come to God over and over and over and said, God, please take this away, take this away, take this away. Yeah. And they're like, and he hasn't. So I'm just going to give into it. Yeah. And I say, have you ever come to him and ask him? Why, God, will you show me why this is here in the first place? Where did it start? Will you show me every place that I've been deceived by society, by my feelings, by my friends, by my parents? And will you show me everywhere that I'm wrong and you're right? And that's what I brought before the Lord. And that's where he just opened up so many memories and so many aha moments for me. Now, do you do you think that because that's a really interesting perspective you're saying, um, Come to to God asking, why am I, I this way as opposed to what? As opposed to just take this away, just take this away. So the, the, the approach shouldn't be just take this away. It should be, why am I the way? Because it's true. God doesn't. I mean, sometimes God just takes, you know, heals a, a drug addict just like that. But sometimes that's a process. And so you're saying the question should be, uh, why am I the way I am rather than God just take this away? Because sometimes he wants us to move through that difficulty. Absolutely. And in that process of asking him why, Mm -hmm. that's when he showed me how much anger I had, how much pride I had, how much of a manipulator and a liar I was. So it's just so many people think it's just about homosexuality or it's just about gender issues. And it's not. It goes so much deeper than that. And I'm so thankful the Lord showed me that. Yeah, I want to I want to keep exploring this issue because it's huge. Um, my guest today is Patty Height. You're on Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, and she is um, the founder of a, a great ministry called Out of Egypt Ministries. That's outofegyptministries.org. Stay with us. We're going to be right back, and we're going to continue this discussion, figuring out um, how do we love people to Christ uh, who have embraced the homosexual lifestyle, and if you yourself are struggling with same-sex attractions, what is the first step in moving towards healing and hope and uh, uh, trust in the Lord, walking with the Lord. Uh, we'll be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. 
Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. And I'm coming. See me running. I give it. No credible scientific evidence to suggest either a genetic or a biologic basis for homosexual desires in men or women. So people are not born this way. It's always a confounding of many different things that leads anybody to experience these desires. So nobody asks to have these desires. So people don't choose this. The choice is, do they want to live that life or do they want to change? They're always the result of wounding, early childhood wounding. I can tell you why any man or woman has homosexual feelings. Give me three hours with him Mm -hmm. or her, and I can tell you specifically what occurred in their life to create these desires. It's that predictable. That was Richard Cohen. He is a therapist, and he was involved in the homosexual lifestyle for 25, 30 years and uh, just really went back and forth. He he even got married and, and had a child and then went back to the homosexual lifestyle, and then ultimately he found Christ and walked with Christ, and his life began to change. And my guest today is Patty Height. Patty uh, is the founder of Out of Egypt Ministries. She was involved uh, in the homosexual lifestyle and today uh, is speaking all over the place about how Christ has changed her life. And uh, she has a really a miracle testimony. But Patty, I wanted to kind of pick up on this subject again and talk about, um, first of all, how this originates, uh, a little bit how it originates, and then also... Um, as you traveled through, you, you embraced the homosexual lifestyle and then you found, you found the Lord. You basically opened up the Bible. You kind of had a miracle experience when you walked into that, uh, a church for the first time and you heard that music and you changed what happened after that. Was that a, um, you said it wasn't a walk in the park. It was kind of a, a process. Uh, did you and your girlfriend at the time split up immediately or what happened there? Actually, that's, 
quite a miracle as well. Um, the, the first day I walked into that church, I didn't get saved that day. Okay. Um, I happened to go to a church where the pastor did um, uh, what some people call an altar call, yeah. where he invites people to come up and, and lead them in prayer. And at the end of the service, he did that. And I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that meant. And so I, I didn't stand up. I knew my heart was beating out of my chest. I thought, great, after 24 years of doing cocaine, this is where I'm going to have a heart attack. <laughs> but um, then the, the second time I went with my girlfriend at my side and they explained what that prayer was, I knew what it was. Mm. And I knew what it meant if I were to get up and pray that prayer. So I left. But then the next Sunday, it was. So what, what did that mean if you were to embrace that prayer? What, what do you, when you say you knew what that meant? That I knew in my heart somehow through yeah. obviously the Holy Spirit that yeah. if I were to pray that prayer, that meant God was first and I was second. Oh, wow. That's I had always huge. been first in my life. Yeah. Always. Yeah. I thought I had the right to be first in my life because of the things that I had gone through. And so on January 19th, 2003, as the pastor was giving that invitation, the Lord showed me this just a while back. The, the last three words I ever said as someone who identified as a lesbian was when I looked at my girlfriend who was sitting to the right of me. And I just said, I'm going up. And I got up out of my seat. I don't remember my feet touching the ground. I went to the front and I prayed and I asked God, the father to forgive me of my sins, Jesus to be the Lord and the savior in my life and to be filled with the Holy spirit, Mm. Holy spirit. And that's the day the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders. But that doesn't mean poof. I knew how to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Yeah. I went home and my girlfriend and I talked about it because she got up that same day and she got saved on January 19th, 2003 as well. And she too has never looked back. She's actually a missionary bringing Bibles into undisclosed countries um, in their original language to where if she gets caught, she'll go to prison and who knows if they would ever release her. But that's what God does with a surrendered life. But so we went home. I was after a couple of weeks, I rolled over in bed and I'm like, you know. We probably shouldn't be sleeping in the same bed anymore. And it's like, oh, yeah. So then I I moved into the spare bedroom and all we did, like she would go out on the back porch. I would go on the front porch. We'd read our Bible every morning. Couldn't wait to meet up with her like in the in the dining room and like, oh, my gosh, you should see what I just read in the Bible. And (laughs) and so our whole life was talking about the Lord. Yeah. And so after about when, when you were just quick question on there, when when you walked into that church, and that church, I mean, you walked in together. Was it obvious to them that you were lesbians at the time or was that? Absolutely obvious. Okay. I, I didn't have, I only identified as, I, I it's hard to explain. I, I knew I was a woman, but I identified in the masculine. I didn't wear any female clothes, so I didn't have on any outer clothes. I yeah. wore men's underwear. I wore men's cologne. I wore men's shoes, men's glasses, men's watches, nothing on me had anything to do with the feminine because it just, it disgusted me to be on me. So when I walked in with my girlfriend who was more feminine, we looked like a gay couple, Okay, but we were treated, we weren't treated like, oh no, the lesbians are here. Let them sit down so we can make sure we don't sit next to them. Yeah. But it also wasn't, yay, the lesbians are here. We get to, we get to, it was was just just normal. They treated us like everyone else. Yeah. And I, I recognize that. that. Okay. So that was immediately uh, appealing to you in the sense that. It uh, was because I was nervous walking in. Oh yeah. But my desire to find out who God was, was more than my nervousness. Okay. So, 
But then after about a year of living together, the Lord started showing me that he wanted me to move out of the house, which was scary. We were taking pay cuts at work and we owned a beautiful home together. And I didn't want to leave her with that responsibility, but I was obedient. Yeah. And we both ended up finding we had more money in in our now single bank accounts because we were obedient. And then after God was so patient, we were still we still remained best friends for like four or five years And then the Lord started showing me he wanted to pull me further away and separate us even more because I was still tethered to her emotionally. Mm -hmm. I still depended on her in ways that God wanted me to depend on him and him alone. Yeah. And that applies really um, what you're saying really applies not just to uh, the homosexual lifestyle or or somebody who's coming out of the homosexual. It really applies to all of us. Listen, Uh, my story is no different than anyone else's. Yeah. yeah. I just have my my way of. Not living my way of of living in idol worship, which was myself, yeah, just happened to be through homosexuality, yeah. But we're no different. God says in in the book of Acts that we're all created from one blood. Mm-hmm. We are all the same. He yeah. shows no partiality to man. Yeah. yeah, we're the ones that do that. Yeah, and we really and really, I really like that point you made. You said it was from that point. I knew that when I made this commitment, it meant that he was going to be number one and I was going to be number two. And that's really a challenge for all of us as Christians on a regular basis is to say he's number one and I'm number two. Right. That is a that is a really, really and on a regular basis, we have to make that decision uh, with with everything we're doing in our lives. But but some of those things that he was calling me to do through I was devouring his God's word. I mean, yeah. I was in his word and prayer all the time. And but some of those things were hard, like when when I just knew in my heart that I had to ask God to show me what it was to be a woman. Mm. And this was years after being saved. This was like six years after being saved. So how long were you in the homosexual lifestyle from when did you consciously decide I am homosexual? Like at what age? Probably about eight. About eight. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. And then, well, I didn't know I was homosexual. Yeah. I knew that I liked girls in a special way. Mm. And that kind of scared me a little bit because now that's that's the 1970s. Nobody was talking about yeah. this back then. Yeah. Then when I got to high school, I was a, I had this hard crush on the shortstop to our softball softball team yeah um in high school and i flirted with her and then when she started flirting back i got scared i got spooked yeah and so i went away and then after that i I moved out of state and ended up going to a party where this guy asked me out on a date and i'd never been asked asked out on a date before and i said yes to this guy and then within a year i ended up marrying him thinking that that was going to take away my same sex attraction and my gender issues. And it actually made it worse because he physically abused me. Oh, that's horrible. So now, yeah. now is that something, is there a common ground there in the sense that, um, is it common for somebody who's living the homosexual lifestyle to go, I don't want this. I'm yes. going to see if I can solve it through marrying somebody in a heterosexual relationship or being that that is common. Very much so. It, at least, for my generation in, in the years past. Now it's, it's a little bit different. Cause obviously. it's more acceptable to. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But okay. you know what? The core issues are the core issues. Yeah. You don't, I never chose to be gay. Mm-hmm. I never, I never chose to have the feelings that led me into living homosexually. I never chose to have the feelings that led me into believing I was in born in the wrong gender. Okay. My guest today is Patty Height, and I have a question for you when we get back and that is um why is that an important why is that important to understand that it's not um a choice even though it's not biological. Um so my guest again is Patty Height with Out of Egypt Ministries and we will be right back.
When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 730 to 530, and Saturdays, 730 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth From doing right to doing wrong Cause we were taught that's who we are Come on Thanks for tuning in today. You're on Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I'm your host. You can uh, go to my website, educateforlife.org, if you would like to pick up a recording of this show. We're having a fantastic conversation. I'm with Patty Height of Out of Egypt Ministries, and she's available to speak, by the way. Uh, if you want to um, hire her on as a speaker at your church or other event, um, she has an incredible testimony, a lot of wisdom, loves the Lord with all her heart, and... Uh, I just recommend you visit her website and uh, give her a call. And Patty, uh, you were emphasizing that you didn't you didn't choose this lifestyle. Nobody chooses the lifestyle, the homosexual lifestyle. But yet we know um, from scientific studies that it's not biological, at least not strictly biological, not genetic like eye color or something like this. Um, there there have been quite a few studies done on this. Uh, twin studies with identical twin studies, they find that. Um, less than half of uh, identical twins, both of them are homosexual. I think, but I believe the study is around 30% or so, but, but still it, it's not a choice because you're developing and you're not, it's not like you're going, okay, I decided I want to be uh homosexual. So why is that significant or important for our listeners to know? And for the person who's having these attractions, why is that important for them to know? I would have to say that it's important for them to know because so many people, um, especially Christians, yeah. because we I shouldn't say because we we're not the only ones that have a heart to to help. Sure. But we want to fix people. Yeah. And I think we think if if we come in and, and we share the verses in the Bible about homosexuality and this and that and the other, that that we'll be able to fix someone and something's going to click in their head and they're all of a sudden going to say now, oh, I don't have these attractions anymore. And and that's just simply not the case with, with what I speak about where I was and the trauma that I experienced in childhood. That's only after sitting at the Lord's feet and having the Lord tell me these things before that I, it never even crossed my mind that, that being gay was wrong. It's just who I was. It was only after the Lord showed me why I had these thoughts and why I had these feelings and where they came from. That I was able to give them to him and say, okay. And, and even when I, when he did show me that, yeah. it was still decision time for me. You know, it was like, okay, well, that makes sense. And the Lord's showing me this, but yeah, am I going to trust him to take that next step in healing or am I going to stay in my comfort zone? And I was going to explain a couple minutes ago that when the Lord was trying to show me that he wanted to tell me what it was to be a woman and that that was okay. Yeah. 
I got flat on my face in my apartment and I knew that I had to pray that. And I would pray, God, will you show me what it is to be a, and I couldn't get it out. I, I knew that I wanted to be obedient to what he was asking me to pray, but I knew if I prayed it, that he would show me what it was to be a woman. Mm. And I was afraid of that. And it was so hard for me to do that, that I had to ask two of my prayer partners to pray that prayer for me because I couldn't pray it myself. Well, that's that's uh, brings up another really important point. I, I, I think a lot of people out there are thinking and I've I've had friends I've known who are trying to change and they're they're trying hard and yet they keep going back or they're still struggling. And so my question is, um, what encouragement would you give to them? And is it necessary for them? Can they do that alone? Um, you said I had to have these prayer partners praying for me. Um, what would be your advice to that person that's struggling? They're, they're going to church. They want to follow the Lord, but they're really having a hard time and they keep, maybe they keep falling back. Um, what would you say to that person? First, let me share a scripture. Okay. Because God word, God's word says it better than any of us can. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are taking two steps forward and one step back, first off, remembering, remember that you are progressing. But in first Samuel chapter 12, verse 20, it says this. Then Samuel said to the people, do not fear. You have done all this wickedness, yet do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. I would suggest continue going to church, continue serving at the church, continue to serve others, to take your eyes off yourself and ask the Lord to bring alongside you one or two other people your same gender that will pray for you that you can go to and explain everything that you're going through to them and they won't be scared away. They won't look at you like you have three heads and that they'll pray for you. However, you have to understand that they're not going to fully understand what you're going through. Mm. You have to give them a break. You yeah. have to understand that they will come alongside you and help you as best they can, but they might not completely understand what you're going through. So you pray for them and ask God to give them wisdom, ask God to give them every spiritual gift that they need to help you in this process. And for those of you who are on the other end that will be that person who's struggling prayer partner, don't give up, Mm. be in it for the long haul. Whatever they're going through is not going to change overnight. And what God, I believe, is looking for is not change in the sense of making someone homosexual to heterosexual. I believe what he wants is to take someone into complete, full surrender and trust in him. And the more you trust in God, the more the things of the world fall away. Yeah. If I was coming to God's word, looking to 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 prove how I can be gay and be a homosexual, I guarantee I would still have that same sex attraction. Wow. I would still have it Mm. because I didn't surrender it to the Lord and say, Lord, your word is telling me this is wrong still not clicking in my head do whatever you need to do to make that real to me i'm tired of being deceived i was deceived for 36 years i don't want any more deception i want your truth and let me tell you man that truth has set me free in ways i never could have imagined i love being a woman now and that doesn't you can't see me unless you turn in on youtube i still have short hair yeah i i still love playing softball i can throw a a spiral on a football better than most guys. And I'm not baking cookies in the kitchen. I'm, but I'm identifying as a woman being the patty that I am. Yeah. And that's okay. That's fantastic. That's such a powerful message too. And what you're saying is so true in that 
um, as Christians, a lot of us have embraced the world. A lot of people have embraced the world and we don't even realize that we're holding on to the world. We're not really holding on to, to God. And, and I, in a way feel that in America, that this is what God is calling us back to is saying, look at you're putting you first, but pretending you're putting me first. You're not putting me first. And your whole life is spent on you. And, uh, you know, a while back I, I was at a event and the, the preacher asked how many of you had shared the gospel with somebody, uh, in the past year. And out of a huge amount of people, like over a thousand people, only about 12 people had raised their hand in the, in the audience. And I feel like, wow, you know, that's really true. And so I think this message is so applicable to, uh, all of our listeners, myself included. Um, we have to constantly go, okay, who's first in my life, me or God? And am I willing really to pick up my cross and deny myself and sacrifice my will for his will? Uh, and then we get to, like you're saying, we get to see God move in incredible ways. And you end up with, like you said, your girlfriend is now delivering Bibles. I mean, that's unbelievable. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it, it it's, it's again, I, I, I was just explaining to friends earlier today that Hollywood holds nothing on God. I yeah, mean, yeah. They, they can't make up <laughs> stories, so to speak, as, as, as profound and awesome as our Lord does. Amen. That's so great. And they're not fiction. They're real. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Um, well, my guest today is Patty Height, and her website is out of Egypt, um, ministries.org. And she's there to what, what's kind of your vision, kind of um, mission statement. Um, a lot of people ask me if if this ministry is going out and, and sharing with the homosexual community yeah. and which which I will do. Sure. However, that's not this ministry. My ministry is to go out to the churches mm. and share with the churches how to better minister to the LGBT community because for the for as long as as history has been the church has done a pretty how not can so I good not job. so good not so good job yeah. and when we so, get back uh, my guest Patty is going to talk about how the church can better reach the LGBT community we'll be right back Burgess and her team at heartsandpearls.com are proud sponsors of Educate for Life. From her roots at San Diego Christian College, Desiree's goal is for women to feel beautiful. Discover heartsandpearls.com. You'll find a custom handmade fashion forward accessory line for the modern woman, child, and baby. Hear Desiree's story now at heartsandpearls.com, where the opposite of fear is faith. Imagine restoring your health in a peaceful cabin in the forests of Julian, California. Milan Chessman knows the power of nutrition, detox, cleansing, and fasting. She is a 34-year pioneer, best-selling author, and nutritionist, and personally supervises and cares for you with a servant's heart. See testimonials and solutions for common health problems at a1fastingretreat.com, 619-562-5446. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. 
1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will cast. Thanks for being with us today. You're on Educate for Life with your host, that's me, Kevin Conover. And my guest today is Patty Height. And uh, Patty Height is from New Jersey, and uh, she speaks all over New Jersey, but also all over the world. She's here in San Diego right now. I moved out of New Jersey uh, quite a while ago, and uh, my family moved here to San Diego, uh, lost the snow, and uh, we got on freeways instead of the turnpike. <laughs> so, uh, But um, I do miss uh, the seasons. There's not as many seasons out here. We have mostly sunny and cloudy, but, uh, but it's still beautiful and, and wonderful. And uh, so we've been talking about her ministry uh, reaching... Uh, really teaching the church how to better minister to the LGBT community. And um, so we were talking about this. The church has really struggled with being able to reach out. I think, you know, if you think about the different struggles is how do we respond to this issue? Um, I know among family and friends, there's this difficulty of, okay, well, I've got this this relative who's homosexual, but I'm not sure if I should invite them to their, to this family function. And what if they bring their partner? And there's a lot of confusion there. There's confusion about, okay, if this person is coming to church and they're continuing to embrace the, the homosexual lifestyle, how do I respond to them? Can they be gay and Christian? Uh, and you know, there is a large movement today that's saying you can be both uh, openly and actively gay without, without any, um, regret over that, right. Or, or need to repent of that lifestyle. Um, can you speak to these issues? Um, Patty, how do you, how does the church need to better reach, uh, the, the homosexual community? Well, I, I think the church again, as I had mentioned earlier, um, set aside their desire to fix someone. And if someone, if you're, in the church and you're wanting to share the gospel with a family member that's gay or someone at work that's gay and you're coming in with an agenda, if mm. you're sharing the gospel with them so that they will no longer be gay, that's not what God, God, that's not why God calls us to that's share the, wrong, the gospel. That's the wrong objective. The yeah. wrong motive. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But if you want to share the gospel with that person that you know that's gay so they can come to the knowledge and understanding of who Jesus is, mm -hmm. then do it the same exact way you do everyone else in the office. If, if you are the type of person at, at work that shares the gospel with everyone at work except the person that's gay, mm. they're either going to think that you are the bigoted, hypocritical Christian that they thought you were, uh -huh. or they're going to think they're not worthy yeah. to hear the gospel, which is tragic. Oh, yeah. That's horrible. That's more damage. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, you know, don't, they're, they're, they consider themselves normal just like everyone else. Mm -hmm. You know, so if, if you want, God calls us to share the gospel, yeah. not the law. Is the law important? Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, it, it pointed us to the need of the gospel. Yeah. But share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We could have done a fantastic 
job if back in the 80s when when AIDS was so epidemic, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if the church, if pastors and elders would have gone into the hospitals where people with AIDS were dying by themselves, yeah. if they would have gone in and just said, how can I pray for you? Tell me about your life. Tell me about your partner. Yeah. How can I pray for your, your partner? They must be devastated that you're dying, but they must also be afraid that they're now going to be you know, imparted with this disease. How can I pray for you and hold their hand and pray over them? Absolutely. Oh my goodness. We wouldn't be where we are today. Wow. That's a powerful statement. I, I remember um, when I was managing the apartments in Hillcrest, that one of the guys that came to the door, I, I said, is there anything I can pray for? He resisted for a long time, about two years. He, he would always say, no, no, no. He was very outwardly homosexual, very uh, uh, kind of aggressive about it. But I just kept asking him and about two years in, uh, he looked very sickly and I said, is there any, he said, one of my close friends just died of AIDS. And, uh, I asked him and this shocked me. This was, I did not know much about the issue at the time. I said, how many friends have you had have died of AIDS? He said, I've had 12 friends who have died of AIDS. And he was a young guy too. And, uh, I, the need, um, I think what you're saying, the need for love, uh, to love people, um, because, uh, I, what the Lord showed me a while back was. When you see somebody who's in pain or suffering, this is your greatest opportunity to actually share the gospel. Because when the person's, uh, you know, doing fantastic and doing great and everything's wonderful, well, people just live their lives. They, they, they're confident in themselves. But now we have this opportunity uh, to love people. So would you recommend that the churches begin ministries that actually are uh, looking for, you know, maybe going to hospitals and this kind of a thing? Or how, what's the best way for them to reach out to the, to the community? I absolutely believe going to hospitals and coming alongside people, as yeah. you said, who are, are suffering is, is a, is a great avenue yeah. to bring the grace and the, the truth of, of Jesus Christ. And we know in, in John chapter one, Jesus, we talk, he says, bringing grace and truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I would imagine the Lord put that, not trying to speak for God by any sure, means, but sure. put it in that order, grace and truth. Uh-huh. Because if we bring truth without grace, people aren't aren't going to hear us regardless of what our our backgrounds are. Yeah. But as far as ministries within the church, I think that can be profitable. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe even more so for for parents who have gay identifying or or transgender children Mm. so that they can pray together. And and, because a lot of parents are are too ashamed to tell other people in the fellowship what their, you know, what their child is going through. However, it seems to be becoming more common with teens. They seem to be yes. drifting in that direction. However, I do believe that that can become, um, I don't know what the right word for it, but that can, you can become over and over again, saying the same thing over and over and not really get any healing. I didn't have, I didn't go to any ministry. I didn't mm-hmm. go to any special place. I just went to people in the church who had no idea anything about homosexuality, became friendly with them and asked them if they would start praying things that they'd probably never prayed before. And they did. That's great. And it's about you need to be a family to these people, because if someone has lived homosexually and they're coming out of that lifestyle, they're leaving behind an amazing, amazing community, Mm. an amazing family who love each other and don't judge each other. And they're there for each other at the drop of a hat. So you have to give them something better than that. Yeah. Because if what you give them isn't better, then why not just go back to what was good? Yeah. That's what Richard Cohen said, too. He said that exact thing, what you just said uh, in uh, when I was looking at some of um, the interviews with him, he said the reason I went, he had become a Christian, 
But the reason he went back to the homosexual lifestyle was he felt he wasn't getting any love or kindness from the church. And so he said, I need this love. And he said, I, I wanted badly to be with the Lord, but I wasn't getting any love and I needed it so badly that I went back to the homosexual community. You have to ask yourself, am I willing to come alongside this person mm-hmm. even if they never change? That is, uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a better way to uh, kind of summarize uh, the message that the church needs to hear is that um, we're not called to, hey, be with somebody for a certain amount of time and if they don't make the improvements that we expect them to make, then uh, we're out of there. We're called to walk with somebody um, unconditionally. There's no limit to the love and support that we give them till the day they die. We're walking with them and saying, hey, I'm here for you and I love you and I'm going to support you. And it doesn't matter if you I want you to I want you to change. I want you to grow. But if you never do, don't worry, I'm going to be here no matter what. And change for the gospel's sake. Yes. Not for your sexual identity. Yeah. Sake. Amen. That's fantastic. Well, um, I hope you've enjoyed this show. Uh, it's been excellent. If you didn't get all of it, you can visit my website, educateforlife.org. Patty is available to speak. Her website is outofegyptministries.org, and uh, she can speak uh, wherever you're at. And uh, she's here in San Diego, out from New Jersey. So huge blessing. And um, I hope that you benefited from the show. We're going to be back again next week. Uh, we'll have another fantastic show for you every Saturday. Uh, and if you're... Um, in one of the other states where my, my show runs every 15 minutes uh, every day, we're, we're on every single day in the morning during your drive to work. So God bless you, and I hope you have a fantastic day. Did you miss part of today's program? Don't worry, we're committed to helping you get the info you need. Okay, that was dumb, but for real, visit educateforlife.com for podcasts and video recordings of the show and to sign up for the School of Unshakable Faith. Leave us your comments, compliments, questions, or concerns at 800-243-9719 or email kevcon at educateforlife.com. That's K-E-V-C-O-N at educateforlife.com. You will always be much more to me. Every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not